0: I have to say I'm very surprised. I want to start by giving glory to God for seeing the church so full this morning. I think this is the fullest that I've seen it, although I've been here for like a month and a half, so hopefully it'll just grow from here. But for those of you who are coming back to Christ the King, welcome home. I'm Father Matthew Dunn. I know I'm a a new face here at Christ the King, but I'm the new associate pastor until the bishop calls me and reassigns me elsewhere. So I look forward to getting to know at least some of you, I'm not going to remember all of you, but be patient with me on that. But we hear from this gospel passage today, Jesus saying something very haunting, something very intimidating, it's something very sobering to hear that someone asks him, Lord, are many people going to be saved? Are many people going to go to heaven, this kingdom that you're talking about? And he doesn't answer the question. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but Jesus never really answers a question directly. He could have easily said, yes, many people will go, or no, only a few people are going to go to heaven. But instead, he tells us something different. You strive to enter the narrow gate. Many, many, many people are going to try to do that, but they're not going to be strong enough, he says. And at first glance, it's almost like Jesus is saying, okay, everybody's going to try to do this, but we have to be strong enough. Is it a physical strength? Is it a spiritual strength? What kind of strength are you talking about, Jesus? And yet again, as in the other gospel passages, we hear this narrow gate analogy. But I think if we start to look at it in just a little bit of a different light, the narrow gate starts to become a little bit more possible for us. Because sure, nobody wants to have to shimmy and squeeze through a narrow gate to get into heaven to strive, as he says, to put up the fight. But what if we realize that maybe, just maybe, it makes sense that the narrow gate is perfectly sized and fit for us? And of course, you have to condition that statement. If God, who is all-loving... If God who is all-knowing, God who created each and every one of us in pure and authentic love, not because he had to, not because he was lonely, not because he owed us anything, but out of sheer love for us, if he created us that way, it only makes sense that he wants nothing more than for us to join him in heaven. Why then is it so difficult for us to do? Well, if we see the narrow gate as being perfectly sized and fit for us, It's sized and fit for that person that God created us to be. We are imperfect people living in an imperfect world. Humanity has fallen. Sin enters the picture. Vice is present. Temptation is always in our face. And ultimately what sin does is totally disfigure us. Sin disfigures us. It misshapes us. It makes us into somebody that we're not. When we choose to sin, it's because we're trying to put up this front of who I want to be. My desires, my standards, my conveniences, my whatever. It has to come first, right? It's always me. Well, Jesus follows up after this passage, answering the questions and telling the parable, the first will be last and the last will be first. It's not like there's this big conga line dancing trying to get into heaven, and if you're in the front, then you have to go to the back. So often we try to make who we are in the eyes of God somebody totally different. We look different. We act differently. We speak differently. Everything we say and think even, so different. And it makes that gate hard to get through because it misshapes us. It's like those children's toys where you're trying to put the square peg into the circular hole. It's not going to work. It wasn't made for that. If we first focus on the fact that we are the beloved sons and daughters of God Most High, before we can become anybody else, before we can do anything else, we have to realize that that is who we are. That's who who we've been created to be. By virtue of rising from the waters of that baptismal font, we are already claimed as his beloved. And there's nothing that we can do to change that, to undo that, to reject that. We're already claimed for him for all eternity. Why then do we run away? Why then do we allow sin and temptation and vice and imperfection and everything else to start to misshape us, disfigure us, to make it impossible to fit through that narrow gate? If we truly knew, and I firmly believe this, if we truly knew and understood who we are as a people of God, we wouldn't even give a second glance to temptation and sin. If we knew what awaited us on the other side of heaven, on the other side of that narrow gate, if you will, none of us would flee the face of God. Those who are already in heaven, the saints, behold this beatific vision, we call it. God, face to face for all eternity. And they can't possibly turn away. Not because they have blinders on, not because they're imprisoned in heaven. But because it is so beautiful and so real and so authentic and so fulfilling that no one dare turn away. What grace. What grace we must have in order to be able to do that. To turn to the Lord and say, I don't want to be disfigured. I don't want to be misshapen. I don't want to be anything or anybody else than what you have created me to be and to become and to become more of that all starts here that all begins here we look around and the church is so lively there's people standing around the perimeters of the walls we had to break out the chairs in the atrium out there and it's hard for me to believe that everybody's here just to check off the sunday obligation box praise god for such a full church praise god for a community of believers that puts the Lord first today to begin this Sunday, the Lord's day, this day of rest, to praise him, to glorify him, to honor him, to be who we are called to be as a people of faith. Praise God for that. But brothers and sisters, it cannot stop here. Start your day this way, yes, but what you receive from the scriptures, hopefully from the homily, from the sacrament of the Eucharist, that's meant to continuously configure you to Christ so that you can fit through that narrow gate when we try to bring all of the stuff with us my agendas my preferences my conveniences everything that i want but everything that god does not want for me it's not gonna fit through the gate and neither are we we have to have the boldness sometimes the sheer trust to just let go of those things Likewise, in all of us, in our own hearts, there's this perfectly shaped void for none other than the sacred heart of our Lord. The world offers us a million and a half, probably more, different things to try to fill that void, and none of them are going to fulfill us. None of them are going to give us peace. They only disfigure us. They make us out to be someone we are not, and we're putting up that mask in the front, the first, if you will, and Jesus says, no, no that's going to get cast to the back. It has no place here. This mask you put on, this front you you make for yourself, that is not who you are. And so the first that you put forward is going to be last. Because I want to see you with all of your gifts, with all of your talents, but with all of your shortcomings and failures and temptations and sin and brokenness and woundedness and everything else. Because that is what I want to touch and to heal That is what I want to remold into something whole, something beautiful, something holy, something extraordinary for the kingdom. Because ultimately, friends, we have a place in heaven already destined for us. When Jesus says, behold, I'm going ahead of you to prepare a place for you. He's not going to wash the sheets and make up the beds and tidy everything up. He's going to claim what is ours to give it to us for all eternity. Can you imagine that gift? Out of pure love, the same God who created us, who breathed life into us, who gives us his mercy again and again and again without end, the same God who knows everything, who knows our failings, our sins, our shortcomings, still has the boldness, the recklessness to say, I want you. Not y'all collectively, but you, individually, with every ounce of who you are. When we make the effort to try to get in touch with that person that God has created us to become, when we make the effort to stay close to him in the sacraments, to live an authentically holy and sacramental life with the church, then we stay fit enough, if you will, to not only strive to get through that narrow gate. It's destined for us. It is perfectly sized and shaped for the person we are created and called to be. Become no one else. Become nothing else. Because as a church, as collectively, as individuals, as disciples of Jesus Christ, when we make the effort to do that, to follow after Him, To Configure ourselves to him to allow him to configure his heart to ours to make us new to make us whole What else can happen than the kingdom of heaven rejoicing What else can happen than more saints being made the church growing being more and more alive even more so than it is right now It's up to us Jesus calls us to this Not just because he has to give us his help, but because it is possible. And we look forward to that. One of the many, many ways that we're able to configure ourselves to this person that Christ has created us and called us to become is by, of course, getting involved. Not just letting our faith rise up here at mass and then die off as soon as we walk through those glass doors. And so in just a moment, some ushers will come around and on your chairs. I hope we have enough, actually. There are these sign-up cards for Sign Up Sunday today. If you haven't last weekend, I know many of you are new or are coming back again. Welcome home. Tell us what you'd like to do here at Christ the King. Small groups, Bible studies, volunteering to be a liturgical minister, an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, a lector. Tell us what you would like to do where we can feed you spiritually. And so we're going to take just a few moments. The choir will play some instrumental music for us. Prayerfully discern what it is the Lord is inviting you to do here at Christ the King. And in just a moment, they'll come around with the collection baskets. Just a note that we do want your money too. Don't get me wrong. We'll take that after the prayers of the faithful. This first collection will be only for those sign-up Sunday cards. to uh, Let us know how you'd like to get involved here. Thank you in advance for your generosity and for your discernment as to where the Lord invites you to participate here at Christ the King. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at CTK. LSU.org.